This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon books page-by-page, chapter-by-chapter. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby or SheCup. And so before we get started, I want to remind you that you can join us on Discord at the Cups Podcasting and More Discord server, where you can come and talk about the books with us more or our other podcasts. It's a great place to hang out. Also, we would greatly appreciate your support, and a great way to do that is to leave us ratings or review on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. So with that being said, let's get into the content of this episode. So today we are talking about the chapter Theronsford. In Theronsford, we basically get Aragon and Brom waking up, and Aragon says goodbye to the farm. And they walk, and as they're walking and finding the Razak's track, Aragon asks Brom about some questions um, as they're trying to figure that out. And he tells uh, him about some dragon lore. We learn that Saphira is having to stay far away from them during this time so that she's not spotted. And then they reach Theron's Ford where they... in they see an extorter on the bridge, they get horses, and then they leave. And Aragon learns that he can touch the minds of other animals that are not just Sephira, which Brom tells him is an ability that the riders take. And that's really what happens in this chapter. Uh, there's a lot of conversations, lots of lore, but that's the gist of what happens. So Shelby, do you have any first impressions? What would you do if I said, no, I don't have any first impressions, none at all? I would say, okay, what are your predictions? And then (laughs) we'd wrap it up. All right. Well, I do have quite a few predictions for thoughts, predictions, whatever for this one. So I think first to talk about Aragon is still injured right off the bat. He's still injured, but also as they leave the bramble in the forest, as he calls it, he's fearful. He has left his farm already and has come now to see this little enclave in the woods as his next home and now he has to leave this too and so he's nervous about it this is kind of like the beginning of the adventure like this is the beginning of it so I think another thing that's important to note is that Aragon is so determined to come back um on page 111 he says or he thinks this is not a permanent exile. And I thought it was really interesting that he used the word exile. And I think that's something we should discuss. Like typically in biblical literature, in other literature, in mythology, an exile 
happens when a group of people is conquering and forcing you out, not when you're choosing to leave somewhere, typically. And so I think it's interesting um, that he uses the word exile because it suggests that Aragon feels like he's being forced out. He's being forced to go find these people that killed his uncle, his father figure, and ruined his idyllic childhood. Um, he is not necessarily doing it of his own choice. He is choosing to do it, but it's not necessarily something that like he has freely chosen himself. He sees this as his duty. What do you think about the word exile, about the use of it? I think that's pretty fair. Um, and I think that in what a story that is very similar to this one in Star Wars and the prequels and Revenge of the Sith, Yoda says, into exile, I must go, um, when he's going to Dagobah. And I think it's similar to what you said, like, you know, Palpatine has seemingly won and Yoda's going into hiding. But with Aragon, this exile is not, I think he very much does feel at this point that he has to leave. He doesn't want to, but he has to, because it's better for everyone. Yeah, I would agree with that. So other thoughts I had, we got so much dragon lore and I was so excited about it. We learn about their mating, their eggs, their life cycle, their food, their claws, their scales, their armor, all kinds of stuff. But the thing I think is most interesting and significant is about the eggs. We learn that dragon eggs wait for the perfect moment to hatch and that they can almost control it. And so I think this is really interesting. We've talked about destiny a lot on this show, specifically about Aragon's destiny and what is it. And I think that the question of Sephira is obviously wrapped up in his destiny. Yeah, I definitely do that. Um, one of the reasons that like as an adult, I cling to this theory or this series so much is that its relationship with destiny is so intriguing to me because even in this idea, like Aragon's question was, is it a mistake that it's here or am I meant to have it? And that's a question that plays throughout the entire ser series. And I think that this comes into this lore, like, yes, there's this destiny that Aragon has um, with Sephira and he's chosen off that, but like, it was Sephira's choice, something that she will later on constantly remind him of, that Aragon, I chose you. Um, and I think that that interplay between destiny and free will is very interesting throughout the stories because yes, it is destiny, but Sephira is the one who ultimately makes that choice to make it Aragon's destiny. Right. It's, it's very interesting. I agree. Mm -hmm. And also she's so sassy throughout this whole chapter. I love it. But I think we have to talk about Brom again. I know every chapter I'm like, okay, well, what about Brom? But there's something that's been happening the past few chapters and it's very subtle, but there's been several mentions subtly about Brom's sapphire ring. We haven't been told about it, but I'm picking up on it that it's important. Yes, but probably not what you're thinking. I have no thoughts about it. I'm just uh, noticing that my, I'm just noticing that 
I think the line was he's like flashing his ring around. I'm like, what what is up with the ring? That's interesting because it does come up m- much later. And I think we should like keep a a ring watch for you. Like Shelby's always going to keep up. Here's what's happening with the ring. All right. That's frightening to me, but okay. Mainly because I just think it would be interesting to like intentionally read and track that. Yeah. Okay, well, more things about Braum. Um, he's a really good fighter. He's teaching Aragon to fight. It's very interesting because he's like portrayed as an old man, but he's still with it. Like he n- kicks the crap out of Aragon from the get-go, like leaves him bruised and bloodied and all kinds of messed up. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about with Braum is that he refuses to tell Aragon who the sword belonged to and Aragon yells at him and is like what why are you even here like what are you doing here what like what is your problem and Brahm's just like you'll learn when the time is right the time is not right and Aragon's pissy about it yeah I'm going to um echo Brahm's words back to you you'll learn when the time is right (laughs) okay but I do think it's interesting about well, Brahm doesn't. Before you said about the warrior, go back. What was the point before that you said? About the sword. Not about the sword, before the sword. I was talking about Brahm being a good fighter and that he kicks Aragon's butt. Yeah, I thought there was something else before that. I don't remember it. Oh. Oh, yes, now I remember what I wanted to say. So I think it's interesting because brahm is portrayed as this old man and i always found this read through i found it so funny that aragon is so surprised that he's going to be trained in fighting like bro you thought you were just gonna walk up untrained farmhand and take on the rock sack like what the heck come on I, i know i was thinking the same thing like one of my predictions in the next chapter kind of touches on this but it's like why do you think you're just gonna like be able to do this like have you not been listening to what Brahm has been telling you like these people are ferocious and you random ass kid from a mountain you think you can take them on they're not human like you no. don't they're not teenagers they're not kids like you are I, I... But another thing um, that I wanted to touch on is about Brahm and the like thief extortionist at the bridge. Like he portrays himself as an old man, but he is so much more than just this old storyteller man. Like he robs this thief guy, which is I'm not saying is a bad thing because the the extortion guy stole from him, you know, Um but Aragon is like scandalized almost by Brom stealing from this man. And Brom's like, you get what you give, basically. I think very much we're seeing, we're seeing very much like Aragon at the start of this series is very much a lawful good alignment. And Brom is a chaotic good. He's going to do what's necessary and there's going to be chaos. But ultimately, he views what he's doing as whatever sense of justice mm-hmm. is portrayed there. Do you think Safira is neutral? Absolutely not. Dragons are agents. To quote Bull, dragons are agents of chaos. Well, you can be chaotic neutral. 
Yes, you can. But I just thought you were... Wait, can you? Yeah. No, because you can only be... You can be neutral good, true neutral, neutral evil. You can be chaotic good. Oh, you can be chaotic neutral. I guess, yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> no, because dragons very much have a sense of right and wrong. So that sense of, like, very much to be, like, true neutral is to, like, believe that there is no right and wrong, which... Mm -hmm. How you can exist in a world, I don't... Anyway, this anyway, is off but, topic. Yes. So another thing I wanted to point out that I find very interesting is that when when they talk about the Razak in Theron's Ford, they're described as fleeing. What are they fleeing? Are they afraid of Aragon? It can't be Aragon. It has to be something else, right? I or think... Braum. Could it be Braum? I think when they interrogate Garrow, I think they learn that the stone is no longer in the house. And so I think that that point, they infer what has happened with the dragon egg. So I think they are moving quickly because they're moving to inform Galvatorix mm. that the egg has hatched. The egg has hatched. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. Thank you. Um, and then just the last couple things I wanted to talk about is, you know, when they're getting ready to leave Theron's Ford, he's talking about this mountain. They're talking about Utgard. They get a lot of rider lore. Before I talk about the riders, I just want to point out it's really interesting the way they talk about the land and how the land is connected to what happened with the riders and that it's ominous still today, even though this happened you know, not yesterday. So I think that's significant. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the rider lore that we get. Um, we learn more about their defeat at the hands of Galvatorix. And I feel like at this point, they really reminded me of Grey Wardens from Dragon Age. Grey Wardens and riders are very similar in the fact that Grey Wardens are very much... Uh, we have to stop the blight. If we have to do evil to stop the blight, we're going to do evil. Dragon riders are very much, we are agents of good and we do not succumb to evil mm -hmm. to accomplish our goals. Sure. I think that's the biggest difference between the Grey Wardens and the Dragon Riders. Well, they also don't have a blight in Allegasia. So there's that. But the last thing I want to say before we get your thoughts is that this is like the end this chapter felt like the end of so many things of aragon's childhood of aragon's safety of aragon's like beginning intro story like i feel like and this is a little bit of a prediction the next chapter is going to be action is going to be the beginning of his journey and not the things that lead up to the journey. Like this is it. It very much felt to me like when you're leaving your small town and you've left the town already, but you haven't left the county. You haven't left like all of the land still looks like your land. It's still familiar places. Like this is a place you've been before on special occasions. You're still familiar. Once they leave Theron's Ford, it's like, okay, I don't know anything about this land anymore. 
Like everything from here on out is new. It's very much like that scene in Lord of the Rings when Sam stops and he's like, if I take one step further, it's the furthest I've ever been from the Shire. Yes. And I was absolutely going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, I think that this very much is the, I think this is the end of the opening, like exposition. And we have finally gotten out of like, in video game terms, okay, we're out of the tutorial. Like we've done some combat, we've done some adventuring things, but we're out of the tutorial. We're in the game now. Yes. So that, we pretty much talked about all my impressions and talking about your impressions. So we can go on to predictions. I have two. Number one, I think Brahms ring is going to be important. Number two, I think that the owner, Xerox, Xerox, original owner, the sword, I think it's the original Aragon. Hmm, that's interesting. Am I right? It's interesting. Okay. <laughs> All will be revealed in time. Okay, Brom. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.